Hey everyone, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that's my book-loving wife, Liberty. We're a married couple with different hobbies, and we try to force them upon each other by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. Today is obviously a book episode based on the intro change. We're going to try to keep the discussion about what you read this week short, so I had a little fun in the tag slash game section slash new release section. Slash whatever section you want the section to be section? Correct. Yeah. Section. (laughs) But first, getting into all the book news. On Wednesday, November 17th, the National Book Foundation announced the winners of the annual National Book Award. The National Book Award is awarded in five categories, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, translated literature, and young people's literature. The winners are given $10,000 and a bronze sculpture. Worth it. All about that bronze sculpture. What is the bronze sculpture of? Is it like of a book or it's, is it? It's just an award. I, I don't know what it looks like. Uh. But I think they also probably get increased sales from having won this award. I, w- I would hope so. It would be really sad if they didn't like get more attention from winning a book award. <laughs> That'd be rough. But you will enjoy the winner from the fiction category. It is Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. I like the name of it already. I'm a hell of a fan. We've mentioned this book in an award thing before. Yeah. The nonfiction winner is All That She Carried, The Journey of Ashley Sack, A Black Family Keepsake by Tia Miles. The poetry winner is Floaters by Martin Espada. For translated literature, the winner is Winter in Sokcho by Anissa Abbas Higgins and Eliza Shua Dusipin is the best I can come up with those two. So I'm going to put a vote of confidence out in the world that we need to look up names before we talk about them, both in the sports and the book episode. Sure. Because as a Stephen with a PH, I'm offended when people say my name wrong. So I can only fathom that that carries over to other people. And the winner in the Young People's Literature category is Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe, which I have heard of. It's a pretty legit statue, by the way. Like, it's not, I guess it is an award, but like, it's kind of cool looking. Like, I have seen that sticker on books before, so yes. Well, I'm not talking about the sticker. I'm talking about the actual bronze statue that they went over here next to my left hand. Oh, okay. The sticker is always on the books, yes. I'm just saying, I've seen that before. I'm surprised I didn't know. That's where it comes from, as it turns out. Also, it was announced that the film adaptation for V.E. Schwab's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue has gotten a director. The adaptation was originally announced in fall of 2020, and now there's finally some forward momentum. I feel like COVID ruined a lot of like book adaptation things, like timing-wise, just a little bit. Augustine Frizzell will be directing the adaptation as well as working on the screenplay with her husband, filmmaker David Lowry. Originally, Schwab was on board to write the script, but has stepped away since then. I'm not sure if it's because of how busy she is or what happened. She will still be a producer on the project, so there's that at least. So she'll still have a hand in it, and that's kind of the important part. She's not completely stepping away from it like, good luck. Mm -hmm. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is a story of a woman who makes a deal with the devil to live forever. The only strings attached are that she will be forgotten by everyone she meets as soon as she leaves their sight. Well, that could be helpful if you're like a thief, like you steal something and then all of a sudden you're just gone. I mean, maybe. She lives with this for 300 years until one day she meets a man who remembers her name. But there are also several other adaptations of Schwab's work in progress. 
Shades of Magic is also set for TV adaptation, while City of Ghosts is in production for film adaptation. And the archived series is in development with CW. I love your notes. What about the villains duology was buried in my notes. I feel like the villains duology is perfect for a film. And like, you don't even have to tell it the way it is in the book. I feel like it would be better if you did. But you could tell the story chronologically and it is still an excellent story. Yeah. Make that into a movie. The thing that I wrote the most about, however, that has happened this past week or so, is that former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, who served under Trump until his firing in the wake of the 2020 election, has sued the Department of Defense over redactions that they have made to his upcoming book. The memoir is set to be released in May of 2022 and is expected to chronicle his time in the Trump administration. The lawsuit said that Esper coordinated with the department's Office of Prepublication and Security Review, and he alleges that the review dragged on for six months, and when he finally heard back on October 7th after reaching out in May, there were no explanations given for why some things were redacted. And in my notes, I said, hi, have you ever worked for the government before? They kind of do that. I was going to say, they just kind of go, well, this isn't going to be in your thing anymore. Enjoy. You don't need an answer. This is the way it is. And also, by the way, it's going to take forever for it to happen. Thanks. Yeah. His attorneys argue in the lawsuit that the Defense Department, quote, has unlawfully imposed a prior restraint upon Mr. Esper by delaying, obstructing, and infringing on his constitutional right to publish his unclassified manuscript entitled A Sacred Oath. And I just said, where's this right in the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> like, I get the argument of, like, freedom of speech to be able to post things, but the reality is more than likely you had something in there that is considered something that needs to be issue? that keeps confidential. Yeah, exactly. The Pentagon Press Secretary, John Kirby, responded in a statement on Monday, November 29th, saying... As with all such reviews, the department takes seriously its obligation to balance national security with an author's narrative desire because he's alleging that they're trying to suppress his voice in this. And it's like, no. They're not telling you you can't write the book and you can't publish the book. They're telling you you can't write about what you wrote about. Well, there's certain certain key pieces of national security based information that we don't want you to give out sorry like what do you want them to say it's like, like you should understand that you're in the role like come on dude like mm-hmm. and then the last bit of news for the week is that on thursday december 2nd it was announced that serena williams is jumping into the publishing world with a children's book the adventures of quay quay is currently in the works and will be available next year the book is based off of her daughter olympia's favorite doll The story will center around friendship and the importance of imagination. The book is set to release in September of 2022 and is available for pre-order now. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I guess there's some doll that they've been doing stuff with on Instagram and maybe TikTok or some other social media and it's gotten really popular. So she made a children's book. About said doll and its adventures? I guess so, yeah. It's kind of like bearable is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. With our little tiny bear. Yep. And now in the whatever we want to call it section. The Liberty does whatever she wants with this section section of the podcast. Yes. Instead of doing a tag or talking about new releases, we're going to do a last line challenge. 
And if you'll remember a couple months ago, we did a first line challenge where you read at most three sentences from the beginning of certain books that I've read. And I had to guess what book it was. Yeah. And we start out really hard with just one sentence and then keep working until all three if necessary. So this time around, because it's the end of the book, and I feel like sometimes certain books do stay with you better. Mm -hmm. You'll earn a point starting at five points possible for the fact that there's now five sentences back to one point to zero points if you can't guess the book. Right. I I felt like being a little bit nicer that way because some of these were pretty rough at three sentences. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, she's going to end up with like two points and be pissed off that I picked these books (laughs) and it's not going to be okay. Yeah, so what we're going to do with this one is start at the last sentence of a book and then work our way up to at most five sentences if necessary. It sounds like it will be necessary, so I'm a little nervous. It some of them I feel like will be dead giveaways because there's like there's name of characters in some of them at okay. the end. So like I feel like a few of them will be like da da like but others are very complicated. So let's start with the first one. Well, I will say we're doing five of these and it's I guess instead of three points available, five points available. Per so at question. Most, yeah. Twenty five points. Twenty five points. Correct. So the first one starts with a a really tough one. I do. (laughs) F you, man. In fairness, I didn't know this was the last sentence of this book, but that's literally the sentence. I assume you want a second guess or do you want to try to take a stab at it? The problem is I'm looking at my shelves and I don't see anything super misplaced. Like nothing is obviously out of place because we have like trinkets and stuff. The one flaw, you have a husband with ADD, and I remember exactly where to a millimeter where these things are as I'm taking them out and putting them back. Now, if I was taking five books at a time, forget it. I would never get them back in the same place. Right. But because it was just one at a time, it was a little bit easier for me. So I'm going to make a guess, because why not? Okay. But I'm probably going to be wrong. Okay. Because my thought process is it's going to be something to do with one of the Hunger Games books or something to do with one of the selection books for some reason. And I could be completely wrong. I probably am. But I'm going to say catching fire. No. Okay. The next line is, for sentence-wise, it would be, I do, Augustus, I do. What's awful is I've read this book, and I didn't even remember that this was a line in the entire book. And so as I was reading it, I'm like, this is going to be tough. Like, this is going to be tough. Whose name is Augustus? I don't know. Is it The Fault in Our Stars? Dang, look at you. That's impressive. (laughs) Four points for the first one. I am thoroughly impressed for that. Wow. I don't remember you reading this book, though. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't know how you remembered it total. Did you want to hear the five sentences together, though? Let's see if it would have given it away a dead way. You don't get to choose if you get hurt in this world, old man, but you do have some say in who hurts you. I like my choices. I hope she likes hers. I do, Augustus. I do. That would have been so freaking obvious. At that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the name is the thing that gives it away, but I couldn't remember who was named that because, like, he's not usually called Augustus. Right. So it took me a second. Right. I'm proud of you, though. I didn't, I didn't, I honestly did not expect you to get that one until we got to at least the third or fourth sentence. So, and even then, those were very short third and fourth sentences. So, all right. So this one ends with a quote Meet my dead dad, he replied. I have an idea, and, like, that's the weird part. Okay. You want to take a stab at it? Try to go for all five? 
This would be I drastically w- harder if you guessed and you're immediately wrong. Like, could you fathom just not getting any points for it? I want it to be one of the techier books that I've read, but I haven't enjoyed for some reason. And I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to just say Arena because it's the one I'm looking at that's a tech book, but I think it's one of the ones behind me that I can't see. No. So, obviously not. Yeah. Okay. Second sentence, going for four points. And then she felt herself lose contact. Meet my dead dad, he replied. No. Oh, man. Nothing. And and the best part about this is it's a book I know you love, and that's why it makes it just that much harder for you. It's something I love, and I don't remember that? Yep. So third sentence, we're going for three points. I'm just, I'm already angry. With every second, her hope slipped a bit further until she was scrabbling at the edge of hope, trying to gain a hold, and then she felt herself lose contact. Meet my dead dad, he replied. It's something I love? Yes. I've said that out loud? Yes. To you? Uh-huh. Was I there? <laughs> no, I was talking to myself via you. Of course you were there. Are we going for the two-pointer? Do I have another choice? I feel like I got it. <laughs> okay. If you don't have a guess, then yes. Well, hold on. I'm going to spin. Okay. You're just looking for books that are out of place, I feel like, now. Well, no. I was I was looking for the one with the red spine that I remember reading and not enjoying. Is it... No, I said you did enjoy it, not that you didn't. Well, for some reason, that makes me think I wouldn't like it. But um, is it This Mortal Coil? No. Dang it. For two points. Here we go. David started to smile, but it was like the smile Stevie pasted on her face that night at dinner with her parents. Dang it. Do you want to take the guess before I finish the rest of the sentences? Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. Two points. Two points. That one was tough, I will be honest. But I knew once the names came out and that... Second to last sentence, you'd be there. What's really frustrating is I was like, oh, it's a dead dad, but not really dead. So it must be something to do with tech. And so all I could think of was all these tech-related books I've read. But so, no, it's just David being an a-hole. So it, it starts with, tell me what you mean, she said. David started to smile, but it was like the smile Stevie pasted on her face the night at dinner with her parents. With every second, her hope slipped a bit further until she was scrabbling at the edge of hope, trying to gain a hold. And then she felt herself lose contact. Meet my dead dad, he replied. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to do a good job with picking books mm-hmm. that I feel like you should kind of be able to guess, but they were still tough. Like, yeah. I didn't want to pick one that was just like a no-brainer right off the bat. So uh, this is a fun one. It starts with a one-word sentence because it ends with a one-word sentence. Clove for five points. The word clove for the period. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Hunger Games because there's a character named Clove. But is there a book in the Hunger Games that ends with the word Clove? That is the question. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think either one of them would end with the word Clove. Clove was in the same Hunger Games as Glimmer and Gloss. So then if that was actually the book, it would be the Hunger Games. But I can't think of anything else that ends in the word Clove. So I'm going to go with The Hunger Games as my first guess and be wrong. You're correct. You're wrong. Oh, I, <laughs> dang it. You said <laughs> you you're correct. So I was like, what? For like half a second. Because <laughs> I didn't think it ended with that, but I can't think of anything else that would. All right. For four points. A feeling like frost inside my lungs crept up my throat. The name frozen in my mouth. Clove. So it is a name. Yes. I never told you it wasn't. This is another book that I'm pretty sure you gave a four-plus star rating for. I might be wrong because I don't have your good reads in front of me, but I'm pretty sure you did. I'm already doing so poorly. I don't want to. I need another one. Going to the third pointer? 
Yes. I, I just don't know what other book I've read that has a character named Cloak. You ready for the next one? Yes. Mm. The bridge of his nose and the curl of his blonde mustache. A feeling like frost inside my lungs crept up my throat. The name frozen in my mouth, Clove. Now I'm picturing like a Western with a guy with one of those like handlebar mustaches. <laughs> well, I don't know that that would be exactly the correct method of the madness. It has a curl. Handlebar mustaches usually don't have curls. They're usually pretty straight. I don't know. Maybe one of those mustaches that you like put oil on the ends and yes. like twist. Yeah, that was kind of the vibe I got from it. So This is so much worse than the first line one. Yeah, this was definitely, I think, the hardest one out of the bunch because there's no names, but, like, this next sentence might give it to you. So, you want it? Yeah. For two points. But when I looked up again, he turned jumping down from the foot of the sail, and I caught sight of the profile of his face, the bridge of his nose, and the curl of his blonde mustache. A feeling like frost inside my lungs crept up my throat, the name frozen in my mouth, Clove. It's not fable, is it? Yes, it is. Two points. Really? Yeah. Awesome. So the only sentence you missed on that one at the very end would have been, I shook my head, blinking to clear my vision, which probably would have been like a no, I don't know. If I needed that one, it wouldn't have helped me. Yeah. So two points, two points. Okay. I'm I'm still disappointed with myself. Eight points and three goes for 15 points opportunity. It's been a a rough set of rounds here. This one might do better for you just because... It's one I think you will know right off the bat. All right, so here's the first one for five points. The center of my world is right where I'm standing. I felt like this was like a really powerful line, so I was like, it might stick in your head. I'm imagining like a dystopian, maybe a fantasy or sci-fi or something like that. I wish I had the Jeopardy music on the soundboard, but then we'd have to pay money for things. (laughs) What's the next sentence? For four points... Beyond that, the world stretches out in both directions, and every single point on Earth's surface is the center of someone's universe. But this picture gets it right. The center of my world is right where I'm standing. Something about a picture? Hold on. It's not what light. No. Okay. Let me know when you're ready for the three-pointer. Go ahead. It's the cabin in the center of a cluster of other buildings, in the midst of a busy swirl of streets, in an even busier stretch of mountains. Beyond that, the world stretches out in both directions, and every single point on Earth's surface is the center of someone's universe. But this picture gets it right. The center of my world is right where I'm standing. That doesn't sound like Red Sister, but that's just what I pictured when you read that for some reason. I don't know Red Sister's plot, so I can tell you with certainty it's probably not that. Red Sister is about assassin nuns. Yeah, I I didn't get that vibe, but maybe you did. I don't know why. I liked this book. Yes. Couldn't have liked it that much. You say that now, but when you find out what it is, you're going to be very mad at yourself. Did it come from my favorite shelf? Which one's the favorite shelf? The one with the owl on it. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it came from a different shelf. Starry Eyes? Nope. Are you ready for the next one for the two-pointer? Sure. He moves his finger to the side, and I see what he's showing me. It's the cabin in the center of a cluster of other buildings, in the midst of a busy swirl of streets, and an even busier stretch of mountains. Beyond that, the world stretches out in both directions, and every single point on Earth's surface is the center of someone's universe. But this picture gets it right. The center of my world is right where I'm standing. Hold on. She's looking around the whole room actively at multiple bookshelves. I'm just going to narrate this. 
She's focused on one shelf now. It's not Moment of Truth by Casey West, is it? No, it is not. Dang it. Last one. This is a hard one because it's a one-word question at the very end for this one. I thought for sure the rest of it would have given it away. And it's just the question, what? It was a quote. So somebody said it. Do you want the rest of it? Just in case maybe it hits you when it's all together? Sure. What? He moves his finger to the side and I see what he's showing me. It's the cabin in the center of a cluster of other buildings. In the midst of a busy swirl of streets in an even busier stretch of mountains. Beyond that, the world stretches out in both directions. And every single point on Earth's surface is the center of someone's universe. But this picture gets it right. The center of my world is right where I'm standing. The annoying part is I can't tell if this is the end of a romance novel or a fantasy novel or what. It's probably not a sci-fi. I'll be honest, this wasn't the one I thought was going to be a ringer, but now that I read it, I can kind of understand why it's like definitely the tougher one. I'm going to go with... For one point. Let's get it. The Faithless Hawk by Margaret Owen. It was a really good try. It's not right. Okay. It's In a Holidays by Christian or Christina Lauren. That's also the one that tripped me up last time. That's so annoying. Yeah, I got you on the first one, didn't I? With the words from that line system. But I know you love that book, and that's why I picked it. Right. Because I thought for sure you'd remember it, but I've gotten you twice on it now. Yeah. So maybe we need to reread that book. <laughs> I'll make you read that book. I'm good. I'll pass. Now, if you don't get this one, I'm going to be really pissed off at you. Oh, no. I don't that think, just puts more pressure. I don't think you'll get all five points, but if you don't get it at four, I'm going to be very upset because I literally picked this one to be an easy one for you. Oh, no. Did it come from my favorite shelf? Uh, It should be, yes. If it's not on that shelf, it's definitely one of your favorite books, and I know this because you've told me many, many times that it's one of your favorite books. Oh, no. So here's the first sentence. Right now, there was money to be made. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Boom. Yes. The The second one would have given it away. The problem of Kaz Brecker could wait to be solved another day. I mean, technically it could have also been Crooked Kingdom because Kaz is in both. But yeah. the way the first one ends in Six of Crows, it's not as bittersweet as Crooked Kingdom is. So Also, you said money and I thought of Kaz Brecker because of course I did. That was a rough go. 13 of 25 (laughs) points total. Half a point over half. Yeah. That's winning. That's a winning record. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Boy, uh, I didn't think it was going to be that tough. You picked books that are all my favorite books, and I thought you were going to try to stump me. No. I thought you were going to go for books that aren't on my favorite shelf. We're in the Christmas season right now. I was trying to be nice, but clearly that's blown back at my face. Clearly, I expect the worst out of everyone all the time. (laughs) Obviously, including your own husband, which is, what does that say? (laughs) Well, it is a game. You're supposed to try to win. I won, so I don't feel so bad about that. Did you win or did I win? 13 13 13 of of 25 is a failing grade. (laughs) I got more than half. Yeah, so you get to a 60% still a D, isn't it? Or an F. So it was rough. Some like In a holidays one, I thought for sure was going to be easier, but it was it was tough. Like, it was tough. I mean, it wasn't very situational. It was more along the lines of, like, a concept of, like, the house that is here and this and that and the other thing. And so I feel like that's why that one was so hard. Yeah. It was definitely a wrap-up of a love story, though. Yes. 
Well, I thought it could have been like a fantasy that had some sort of romance element into it. Yeah. That was fun though. Yeah. When whenever we get to YouTube, we have to start doing things like that pretty regularly and it's going to get more intense for you. I'm just going to get angrier the more times I lose. The reality of it is we'll have to also do them in reverse, which means you'll have to do ones from books that I've read, and I will probably fail miserably at that. I can't wait to see you fail at that. Yeah, I'll be like, two points. I'll be like, well done, Steven, you suck. Have you read enough for me to do this to you next week? I feel like I've read enough books. I just don't know if I'm going to remember it, like first lines and second lines. I could do first lines instead of the end, because I feel like doing the end of the book was way worse. It was hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think next week I'm going to do this to you, but first line instead of last line. And then you'll just look at my Goodreads and decide? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Make a fool of myself here. It's only deserved. Turnabout is fair play. As for what I've been reading, um, I will start by saying I'm sorry, And also, I don't know how that happened. You absolutely know how that happened. You just read and read and read and read. As well, I worked a lot. So, like, you didn't see me around. Well, it also helped that a shipment was later than expected. And so I couldn't read what I wanted to read. So I had to stuff smaller things in between while I waited. And then it just snowballed. (laughs) So this past week, I read eight things. Oh, boy. Yes, eight things. So we're going to go through this quickly. The first thing I read is The Mistletoe Trap by Cindy Madsen. It is a 2020 release and book number two in the Heart in the Game companion series. It's an adult romance novel that I ended up rating 3.75 stars. So for a romance, that's pretty good. In this book, best friends Gavin and Julie are excited to spend the Christmas season back at home with both of their families. But their parents have wanted them to get together since they were children and the adults in their lives attempt to pull off a reverse parent trap that just might work. Hence the name Mistletoe Trap. Right. And this one was actually cuter than I expected and I enjoyed it more than I was expecting because they really were best friends who had an attraction to each other. But they had this whole notion of like, I don't want to prove my parents right, because of course I don't. But also there was this whole issue with they live in two different places. So they don't want to start anything because that might be a problem down the road. And it was just, it was really cute. I like friends to lovers. That's always nice. And then I read A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, the classic from 1843. And everyone knows this is the classic Christmas story. I ended up rating it three stars. I threw it into my week because, like I said, I was waiting for other things to arrive in the mail. But this is the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, who hates Christmas and everything it represents, until he's visited by three ghosts. Technically four ghosts, because Marley comes in first to be like, you're going to get visited by three other ghosts. So four. But the three ghosts of past, present, and future all show him different aspects of his life that lead him to have this like philosophical change about the world himself and everyone else's position in it. I read it because it's such a classic and I found a really neat illustrated edition at a library sale. I think it ended up being less than a dollar. Yeah. And it's a really cool edition and that was all fun. But overall, I don't like classics and we've known this the whole time we've talked about books. What? It's almost like I know what favorite books you have and what you definitely don't like in classics so far. Right. Dead Ringer. But... 
it was part of my 40 books I want to read before I turn 40 project, which I'll update on before the end of season three and let everyone know how that went. But I'm glad I've read it, but I'm glad I don't have to read it again. Right. And then I read Quiet Girl in a Noisy World, an introvert's story by Debbie Tung. This is also one of the books I slotted in while waiting for the mail to come. It's a 2017 release and an adult graphic novel. I ended up rating it four stars. This is about a girl who feels the pressure to be more extroverted in both her personal life and her work life until she begins freelancing and accepts herself for who she is. And it's just these little vignettes of like different things that she experiences with social anxiety and with work anxiety and stuff like that. And some of it is book related, like funny panels about what it's like to be a bookworm and that was all fun. And then finally... This arrived, Extraordinary by V.E. Schwab. It's a new release from October that I didn't get until the last day of November, maybe? The reality is, though, like, nobody was getting them, so it's not well, like... Well, people were getting them about a week before mine shipped. Yeah. But... Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Yeah. This is book number 1.5 in the Villains series. It's a YA slash adult, maybe, graphic novel set between books one and two in the series. I ended up rating it 3.75, which is way lower than, than I expected. Yeah. Because I rated the first book in the villain series five stars, and the next one was like four something. So this is way lower than I anticipated it being. Is it because it didn't have as much time to like set up the characters and get you attached to them? or It's a little bit of that, but a little bit they had to regurgitate the story from villain, uh, the first book in the villains. In case somebody hadn't read it and they needed to start from scratch. And so they had to retell part of that story. I understood why, but it took away from me getting to know the new characters. And then on top of that, the art style is actually the antithesis of who these characters are supposed to be based off their descriptions in their original novel. Because like part of the reason that Eli and Victor get away with so much crap in college is because they're charming and good looking. And like, that's a whole theme throughout the duologies that like, because they have this way about them, because they look a certain way, they can do bad things and be morally great characters. And the way they're drawn is like the complete opposite of that. And I feel like it was done to show that like, neither one of these guys are the good guy in this scenario, but at the same time, it's completely opposite to the way they were described. I guess I'll just have to wait and see it personally firsthand, but... Right. And, like, I've seen amazing fan art that is so much better than the way they were drawn in this. Yeah. And so I didn't appreciate that as someone who's a fan of these morally great people. Obviously, that would be a problem. Yeah. But this graphic novel is about three new EOs who must figure out their powers while on the run from someone who's hunting them down. It went a different way than I was expecting, but it was fine. It's just mostly the art style and the regurgitation of a story that I already know really well because I've read it so many times. So I don't know. I think if you've read and enjoyed the Villains duology, it's worth reading. But just keep those things in mind. Then I read When the Snow Falls by Fern Michaels, Nancy Bush, Rosanna Chiofalo, and Lynn Stepp. It's a 2014 release and a collection of adult holiday romances. I gave each story a rating and then averaged it out to say 
what my star rating was for the whole collection, and it ended up being 2.06 stars. So you didn't enjoy this one that much? Really didn't. There are four short stories about romance during the holidays. My highest rated one was Candy Canes and Cupid, which I rated 2.5 stars. That one was about two different people who live in Florida who have a friend in Colorado who is running a multi-billion dollar business on a mountain for people who like to ski. And he's had a problem with a hacker, so he calls in his two different friends from Florida to come deal with it. And it ends up, not only is he trying to find the hacker, but he's trying to set them up. And I still rated it 2.5, and that was the best rating any of the stories got. My lowest rated was a Smoky Mountain Christmas, which I rated 1.5 stars. This one... It's not about a smoker love story, I take it. No, but in this one, if I'm remembering correctly, because I've read a lot since then, this one I struggled because it's got the style of telling and not showing, and this one is about a girl who goes back home in order to help her uncle out at his tree farm that he works at. And it ends up being a romance with someone that she broke up with in the past. And I didn't feel the romance and like the family closeness wasn't there. And so it's like, how is this a holiday story? There's no Christmas. There's no real romance. I don't know what this story is even trying to do. Right. And it's mostly the main character being conflicted about whether or not to move back to her small hometown in order to be with a guy or if she's trying to make this decision and make it without considering getting back together with this guy. And like she wants to be a woman who doesn't make decisions based off a relationship. And it was about a hundred pages of everything from Aw shucks, Ma, to bless her heart, southern small town that I just <laughs> wanted nothing to do with. Coming from someone that's from a small town in Oklahoma, that could make some sense. Well, and I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure, based off of her Goodreads, that the author is not from a small town. She's just someone who enjoys the idea of a small town, and it's like, get the F out of here with that. Like, no. You were mortally offended over breakfast because of this this morning, so I figured that this is the Mm tie-in you were referencing. Well, it's, to me, like, I get that you want to present a small town in, like, the best light or whatever in your story you're telling, but at the same time, like, small towns are not all, like, everyone's your best friend and being super nosy is the worst trait they have, like... No, there are truly bad things about living in a small town. I'm I'm sure there are small towns like that, but like... On the whole, all of the small towns I've lived in or gone to, they've had something other than being nosy as their worst trait gotcha. as a town. And that's the nicest way I can say what I'm thinking, so... That's fair. I say it in a more rude way on Goodreads if you'd like to read that. Yeah. It's all up there. And then I had a night of reading Giant Days, the comics. I technically reread volume one because it's been months, but I didn't include it in this because it's a reread. It's a reread. But I also read volumes two and three after that. I just marathoned all three straight through one evening. They are both 2016 releases and volumes two and three of the comic series. For volume two, I rated it four stars, and for volume three, I rated it 3.75 stars, so slightly going down from the other ones. 
But this is about a group of girls who are friends at university for the first year in the UK. Like, they're from the UK, and that's where their school is. And, like, they're also different and have their own different traits and different flaws and different ways that they impact their friend group. And I'm realizing now, especially since I've read that and the most recent Lumberjanes, like, close together, that I like Slice of Life or slice of camp girl friend groups and like how they're all different, but all maintain their friendship. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a good evening. I had some hot chocolate and I read some and it was fun. Sounds good. It's kind of nice to take a load off from like a full size book and just drop into a comic every now and again. And I mean, reading all three of those together was technically the same page count as like a regular 300 and whatever page novel. Right. But Just less lines, more pictures. It's easier because it's a comic and like it's more, I don't want to say like fluffy, but it's it's sort of like easier. Yeah, that's fair. And then on Saturday, I read all of a novella called Fool Me Twice at Christmas by Camilla Isley. It's a new release from September and the first book in the Christmas romantic comedy series. This is an adult romance novel that I ended up rating three stars, which feels a literal generous the next day. This one involves one of my favorite romance tropes, which is fake dating. You have two recent exes pretending to still be together for the sake of their families at Christmas, but just for show, kisses start to stir up forgotten feelings. My problem with this one is simply the fact that there is so much crap that is forcing them to pretend to still be together for such a long period of time that everything is just unbelievable. Like, okay, I get that first night something happened and you didn't want to tell them, but like the next day or the next day or a week later and it just kept getting pushed back and I didn't enjoy that. It also got more and more and more ridiculous to the point where they're literally standing up in the front of a church in front of a pastor about to say I do because they're too afraid to tell their parents that they broke up four months ago. It's like, I get not wanting a confrontation, but like I would never get married to someone to avoid a confrontation. Yeah, I feel like that would be a lot more confrontations to it's, deal with it's long a little down the road. Too far. Yeah. But eight things was a bit much. I don't think I'll get to that much in the next week. Yeah. We're not going to be repeating that process again, hopefully, for your sake. Right. For the next week, I plan on only at least starting, possibly finishing three things. The first is Lumberjanes Volume 5, Band Together by Noelle Stevenson. It's a 2016 release. I want to call it a YA comic series, but we found it in children's sections before. We found it in middle grade sections before, so I don't know. It's a cute comic that you like to read, and it's easy, and it kind of gets you out of slumps if you need them. Yeah. In the Lumberjanes comics, we follow the girls of the Roanoke cabin at Miss Quinzella this Gwyn Penny Quequel Thistle Crumpets camp for hardcore lady types as they face more supernatural creatures. Bum, bum, bum. This one's mermaids and involves a band. I don't even understand how those two connect, but I'm impressed. I believe it's mermaid musicians. Okay. I say I believe because I technically read it before we set up to record this afternoon. I was going to say you were already working on it uh, this morning a little bit. But... Uh, It does make fun of the fact that, like, instruments shouldn't work down here and stuff like that. So Underwater, yes, especially. It's funny. Yeah. 
but I'll talk about it more next week. I also actually plan on reading Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson finally. I was supposed to read that last week, but then I realized we have two weeks of you discussing the different novellas before you get to even start Cytonic, so I wanted to be a little bit closer to you actually reading it so I don't forget too much. It was probably a smart decision to do that just because... Like, I forget things very easily, so the last thing we would need is both of us to have forgotten things. Right. A really exciting episode. But this is a new release from November. It's a YA science fiction novel in book three in the series. And I'll briefly discuss the synopsis again, because I talked about it last week. In order to save her planet in the galaxy-wide war that superiority started, Spencer must travel into the nowhere to learn more about herself and her powers. But the nowhere is a place from which few ever return. To have courage means facing fear, and this mission is terrifying. And if I have time, who knows if I will, because I have to go up to Oklahoma, I'll read How to Love Your Neighbor by Sophie Sullivan. It's a neck alley read that comes out on January 18th and an adult romance. Grace has it all figured out. She's going to finish school, get her degree and her dream job, and fix up a little house on the beach. As a real estate developer, no one knows how to make a deal. But he faces roadblocks when the combative and beautiful woman living next door refuses to sell her fixer-upper. So I think it's supposed to be enemies to lovers, but that doesn't really sound like enemies. It sounds like I dislike you and you dislike me to lovers. But, like, when you dislike someone, you might consider them an enemy. So, like... I guess. Well, I wouldn't call it hate to love. Let me say it that way. Yeah, that would be more accurate. So, I should have a good week. I... Technically, I've already finished one, and I'll have the other two to read in the rest rest of the week. Yeah, it should be pretty easy, because I also have another full work schedule this week. It's exciting. Like, a day and a half of that, you'll be gone, which is sad. Yeah. But I read Sunreach. All of it. And it was good. It definitely fills in some of the blanks of what was going on while you're not seeing things at Detritus, and I think that's... I I needed that. Right, right. And that's why it was written, because it did need... Some explaining. To be done, yeah. yeah. Um, I liked the character development side of things, and you start to really see some of the relationships some of the characters are building with one another, and like you're seeing how said other characters are reacting to said relationships, and I think that was important as well. Right. I think the most important thing that happens in the novella as far as the story moving forward and not necessarily characters is that we see the end of the second book from FM's perspective. Yeah. And you see what kind of tech you can and can't make work without Spencer. Right. And we also saw Jorgen come up from the caves and it turns out all the little slugs he found have different cytonic abilities. Which makes sense. Like, they couldn't all be exactly the same. But I I enjoyed just the experimenting process that they had. Like, I think at first they were, like, being a little aggressive, and then they realized that being aggressive wasn't the solution. Right. So. Which is kind of, again, I'll use this word, the antithesis of being a citizen of detritus because you're raised up in aggression and anger in order to be defiant towards the people who are trying to oppress your whole planet. I was going to say in order to survive necessarily is probably right. just as good of a choice of words. but And they're realizing that the actual thing they need to do is to be more friendly and open and try to handle things less aggressively. Right. 
it's definitely an important thing considering nobody wants to be friends with them at the moment. So yeah, and I've I've seen people explain this novella as FM Jorgen and Rig have adventures in slug sitting. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a good chunk of that is what is going on, but they're they're trying to understand the technology side of things. You also see like how far the engineering groups have come, like when they activate like the shield for the planetary defense system. Like right, right. that was intense. It like was. and so you see that there's still stuff moving while everyone is MIA. You also see like them saving Kuna at the end of it all. And that's super important for obvious reasons because they need an ally somewhere, even if it's one that's struggling to even stay alive. Yeah. So. And you also see that Jorgen's trying to develop his own cytonic abilities on top of all the slug sitting that they're doing. And you see FM and Rig who are developing their friendship into possibly something more. And it's it's very cute. It's my favorite novella out of the two though i did really enjoy read on for different reasons well that's what i get to read next week and i'm pretty excited it is longer though it's fine i'm ready for it yeah um i'll probably be doing a good chunk of reading today while you do the edit so it'll be good trying to think of if there's anything else because we don't need to go scene to scene for something that's less than 200 pages we also don't need to give you every spoiler that exists because we gave you pretty much the main ones at this point but I enjoy seeing what their world is like without Spencer, and I believe you do see Jorgen kind of, like, missing her. Oh, over and over and over again. Without it being, like, too over the top for someone who's, like, kissed her once or whatever. Yeah, but he he has a lot of things on his plate as well, in fairness. Right, right. So he's got a lot of other things going on, but in his, like, free moments, when he's seeing FM and Rig together, you can see that he's, like, missing Spencer. Yeah which was sweet. Yeah. Overall, I think you're going to enjoy Redon probably more than this one, which is the opposite of how I feel, but there's more action okay. in Redon than there was in Sunreach and less of like a couple coming together and less of slug sitting. Though you find out pretty quickly in the next one the name of one of the slugs, and if you don't love that, Slug, you don't deserve to be here. Oh, okay. The slugs are some of my favorite characters, and they're not even really characters. Well, I loved Doom Slug, so... Yeah. And what was the one that was exploding? I forget the name of it. He didn't have a name yet. Oh, it was Boom Slug is what they called him. Boom. Did they actually give him the name Yeah, they one? called oh, okay, him Boom yeah. Slug because he blew up on uh, Jorgen. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That's the one I was thinking of. I forgot he was named in the first novella, not the second. Yeah. Though there are funny names in the second one for the slugs as well. I'm glad. I seem like, or I, I feel like you really like the slugs as a whole. Yeah. Which is silly because they're basically just... Slugs? Slugs. Yeah. But they act like cats, kind of, I feel like. That's probably why I like them so much. I didn't think of them like that. They are kind of cat-like. Yeah. Sitting on, like, shoulders and, like, rubbing up and laying on laps. That's a cat. Like, being in your space if they trust you. Right. Yeah. It's a cat. That's in the shape of a slug. I never thought of it that way, but that totally explains why I like them Do you so think much. Brandon Sanderson has cats and the cats were just kind of around and that's what made him write them like that? I'm assuming yes, just as a cat person, but I don't actually know. I'm not that big of a Brandon Sanderson fan, which is weird for me to say because I like 
read four of his things and really enjoyed them. Yeah. But he has so many like fantasy things that I would never go near. So I'm sure there are people who are actual Brandon Sanderson fans who could answer that question for you. I just really want him to have a cat named Doomslug. I don't think he does. That's sad. I think he might have a cat though. Yeah. But I will be reading the next novella and then Cytonic, which honestly I'm ready for, I think more than anything. I feel a little weird about it because like I enjoyed Spence's adventures in the first two, but at the same time, I'm like, do we have to go back to Spence? I want to stay with all those slugs. I'm sure the slugs will exist in the the final book at least a at little l- bit. At least Doom Slug, because that's the one she took with her through the portal at the end of yes, the two. Yes, it's true. And I will get to go back to Inbot, so maybe it won't be as All sad. bad? Yeah. yeah. You miss your sassy AI? I do, always. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll... Kind of wrap it up on that for the book episode. Short and sweet with a wrap up on your reading. Absolutely. And then... Make sure you guys are going to stay in touch with us on all our social media. We have links in the show notes. And then don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe like all the other podcasters tell you to. And then we'll see you next Tuesday for a sports episode. Sadly. I don't know. It'll be a weird week because like, we have all the college football stuff wrapping up for the regular season. and MLB's in lockout. Yeah, it's going to be weird not being able to talk about anything going on in baseball. But Oh, the... wait. This might be excellent. <laughs> so in that news... I'm very excited now. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Um, waiting for a cat to exit the window. What a grand entrance you make, Lexi.